the URC semi-final between the Stormers and Ulster kicks off 2pm this Saturday. So here to discuss it, we have Dublin-based rugby guru Evan Kavanagh. So you can find him on Twitter under the guise of EK Rugby Analysis. And also here to contribute to the discussion and take a closer look at the game is the South African rugby expert AP Cronje. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at rugby underscore AP. So I'm not going to ramble on. I'm going to get stuck straight in. Um, what are you looking forward to about this game? AP, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll kick off. Firstly, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, delighted to be here. Uh, and always always nice to chat, chat some rugby. But yeah, I mean, what I'm, I suppose, most looking forward to, uh, I'd say is two things. Primarily, um, I think it's amazing to have knockout rugby in South Africa again. It's been an incredibly long time since we've been blessed to, to, to have you know high high quality knockout rugby on our shores. Uh, so, getting getting a good crowd in uh, uh, Cape Town Stadium, getting a bit of a buzz and a bit of a vibe. That's one of the things that South African rugby has has been missing for a very very long period of time, particularly with COVID restrictions. So so that's one thing that I'm I'm looking forward to. And then obviously turning our eye towards the game itself. I think the midfield battle is going to be incredibly interesting. Ulster, for my mind, with the form centre pairing in the competition, if not in Europe at the moment, with Human McCloskey doing so well. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Stormers look to contain them. Um, and particularly given that the Stormers have struggled of late with some injuries at, at a key inside centre position with uh, Damien Valimsa out and, uh, and also Rikas Pretorius. So I think that it's going to be a, a real battle there. Um, and if the Stormers are to have any chance of winning, uh, they're going to really need to shut down those two. Absolutely. Um, and we hope they have an absolute blinder uh, from a fan's perspective anyway. <laughs> but it's going, to be it's going to be tricky. What about you, Evan? Um, what, is, uh, what is it that you're looking forward to about this game? Oh, look, it's, uh, it's been great to have the South African teams in the competition this year. And I think it, they've added a huge amount to the competition, just basically in terms of competition and making games so much more competitive. Um, I think App has covered it very well. AP has covered very well there. Uh, one other thing is probably maybe a little bit of revenge for Ulster after that referee decision <laughs> in the last Stormers Ulster game, um, where the decision Callum Reed did he knock the ball on? Did he or didn't he? Uh, the URC chief ended up saying the try should have been allowed, but who knows? It wasn't a clear angle. But as uh, AP said, that midfield battle um, with uh, Wanda Young coming in this week, most likely at twelve. Um, after they've had a few injuries at 12 recently and uh, something about the Stormers are just so aggressive in that midfield and Ulster by comparison playing against Munster last week James Hume he could nearly do anything he wanted uh, with the ball he was running down the 13 channel all day you know so I don't think that game is going to be I think South African defences in general that just offer a, a huge more more threat out wide defensively and it's going to be a completely different game and seeing how Ulster adapt to it and how the Stormers can impose their own game on Ulster is uh, what I'm going to be interested in. Yeah, and we'll not go into huge detail just yet because yeah. I, I will have follow-up questions. But Yeah, no worries. I, I want to, I want to ask, no, that's, that's perfect as an introduction, uh, but I want to ask you a wee bit. Now, not everyone here will be fully up to speed with both of the quarterfinals, the relevant quarterfinals that we're going to be talking about. So, AP, uh, um, what did you think of the Stormers uh, Edinburgh game? Um, was there any sort of key takeaways from that that we should bear in mind going into the semi? 
Yes, it's interesting. I was actually chatting with a few South African rugby journos and, and, and experts before that match. And I said to them, I have a feeling that the Stormers are either going to win by two or by 20, because that just seems to be how they how they operate at the moment. Um, it ended up being a little bit in between that. So, but, but ultimately, I think my key worry before that game, and it proved to be the case, was the Stormers lineout. They've struggled of late in the in the past sort of few weeks and and I see them struggling on the weekend again um, at lineout time. It's just not really clicked for them. And, you know, it, as Evan will obviously, you know, he, he's better placed to comment on this than me, but it is almost your best attacking platform in rugby is off the lineout. So if, if Ulster can disrupt there, um, it's going to be a long day for the Stormers. And so that that's one thing I'm, I'm particularly interested in just, just to see how, how they manage to, to deal with the threat that Ulster bring there. But then also, yeah, just touching upon what, what Evan mentioned is the Stormers' defence, I, th- I think, has been pretty brilliant over the last few weeks. Um, he's right to say they put so much pressure on, on opposition teams and really look to impose themselves. And a lot of that is down to Ruan now at 13. I think he's, a, you know, he's got a sevens background and I think he's sometimes underrated almost as a player in South Africa. So he marshals that defensive line so well from 13 and he's so aggressive. Um, just, you know, pressuring the wide channels, cutting off, you know, the wide balls as well. So how he goes is, is going to be pretty crucial as well to, to the Stormers, I think. Absolutely uh, fascinating um, uh, insight because I, I suppose a, a, a lot of fans may not have seen a lot of the Stormers. We only have so much uh, time to watch games. and A lot of people listening will have followed Ulster closely, but not seen that many Stormers games. So that's really interesting. So, Evan, in terms of the Munster game, um, I was at it last week. I have yeah. some of my own opinions, but any key takeaways from the Ulster-Munster game? Um, they weren't 100% ruthless, but just how ruthless Ulster were out wide. Um, the ease of which they got the ball wide. Um, as I said, it, it might be a little bit different, different this week, as in, Maybe the default position when defending in 13 in Ireland is you kind of sit back and wait and see if you're not sure. Whereas in South Africa, it's probably you push up or further up the pitch to put pressure on. <laughs> and uh, uh, definitely, as uh, AP says, Ruhan, uh, just every single time he's pushing up and putting pressure on. Um, I suppose for Ulster, they were kind of for the last couple of seasons, they've been neck and neck with Monster in terms of points on the table and you know, it wasn't just a case of winning the game itself, but what it represented and the bragging rights to be Ireland's second best team. And um, look, Munster, you know, 20 handling errors or turnovers in the game, they weren't necessarily at their best in the game themselves, but Ulster took those opportunities and took them so well in a variety of different ways. And um, just seeing the, the former players like James Hume at the moment and uh, just the, the confidence of the backs and the whole team. It just seems like a team that, that really do their homework on oppositions that uh, are really well organised and everything is kind of clicking at the right time now. That's uh, absolutely. In terms of um, my experience of being at the game, you mentioned there, and not many people have said this, Ulster probably weren't as ruthless as they're being made out they've been. Um mm. There was a bit of a forge battle and it was, wasn't was going entirely Ulster's way at the beginning. Was it a case of Ulster being brilliant or Munster not being at the races? Probably a combination of both. Um, so the last thing you want going into semi-final is false confidence and thinking, yeah. <laughs> thinking that uh, the performance last week was perfect, which it wasn't by any means. 
not to detract from from a great win uh and i don't want to be too negative but i think it's good to be realistic and on that note ap so given the stormers have won their last nine matches they've only lost at home once realistically are you expecting this to be an easy win in south africa is that sort of what the journalists are talking about at the minute uh, well, uh, barring maybe one journalist who shan't be mentioned, I think that uh, I think that everyone's being very sensible about this. I, I, in fact, I don't think that there's a there's an expectation for for an easy Stormers win. I'm not even sure there's an expectation for a Stormers win full stop. I mean, the Cape Faithful will obviously, you know, be right behind their team and and be expecting. But I mean, I I take a little bit more of a circumspect view. I I feel that with all the South African teams, there may be two years. Uh, away from where they really want to be in their evolution and coming into this tournament. So I think that if, if, if it were up to me, I'd say they've kind of reached their ceiling at the moment in terms of where they're playing. And I think that there's a level and another step up they need to take to to beat teams like Leinster, Munster, and, and obviously Ulster as well. So from my perspective, I'm actually backing Ulster to come away with the, the, the win this weekend. Um, uh, I know I'm not going to be loved in South Africa for saying this. I think that they just offer a bit more, particularly in knockout rugby. I just think that they have this clinical edge that maybe the Stormers are, are still lacking. Um, but I think that, as you say, nine games uh, in a row to win and being at home, you can never discount the Stormers. And, and they have so much talent in that side that when they get it right, they they can be you know irresistible, really. So I, I've not been completely convinced and even in the even in the game against edinburgh there are a few game management decisions that i i was sort of scratching my head at and i think there's just a bit of an experience and you've got a very very young guy at his first season at fly off money libok you know he's been a bit of a revelation but people forget that he he was sort of stuck in the bull structures he was more playing uh fullback than 10 so he's still a bit inexperienced you've got an experience in the back line as well so well, perhaps a bit less so now if you want to Yon coming in, but but even still, I think that um, I think that where Ulster is 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 maybe just in a in a more holistically experienced position to to sort of see out these types of games. So, I mean, as a South African, of course, I hope I'm wrong, but um, but we'll see. Yeah, well, you know your audience, AP, and uh, I think <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you may you may wind up fans in South Africa, but uh, Ulster fans will be massively happy to hear you say that. So. Um, gives us a bit of reassurance um, about this Saturday. So, Evan, I know you do a bit of uh, coaching. If you were coaching Ulster, tell us what they have to do to beat the Stormers team. What would you be telling the team uh, pre-game? If that's not too difficult to question, what, yeah. are the key, what are the key messages you'd be sending to this, this Ulster team? Um, I suppose, uh, take away from the last game, um, I suppose you take into account what Ulster are good at, and watch maybe uh, areas where the Stormers maybe um, not have a weakness, but parts you can get at. And um, uh, I suppose even just from a size perspective, Stuart McCloskey running at Manny Libok at 10. Um, uh, from what I understand, AP can put me wrong here or right here. Uh, he's played most of his rugby at fullback and um, a very good attacking player, but... Uh, like most players in the URC, is giving up a lot of size to Stuart McCloskey. And even in the last game, McCloskey would have scored through Libox Channel and something Ulster were continually doing was uh, attacking Libox Channel early and then in the multi-phase off the wing, switching back to where Libox was in the wing and going after him again. So 
I suppose something Ulster did last week against Munster is they saw a little bit of indecisiveness in the 13 channel from Munster and went after it time and time again. And I think they'll be going after that in the 10 channel this week. Um, yeah. Uh, at the same time, you know, Ulster, there are matchup worries in that he saw a little bit with the Sharks uh, towards the end of the game against Ulster when they started playing a bit narrower, started hanging around the rocks and sucking in Ulster defenders and get a little bit narrow. And there's so much pace in the Stormers team and so much threat. The, the way they built their game around defensive pressure and uh, kicking pressure and then getting the ball back and essentially for most of the season having three full backs running back against you in Warwick Gallant and or not uh yeah Warwick Gallant and Damien Wilhelmse and Manny Lubach. Now Wilhelms is out injured this week, but it's a really they know the strengths of their players and they're playing to the strengths of their players and they showed in the last game God's Ulster that if the kick chase is a little bit inaccurate, if you give them a little bit of space they can cut you wide open and score from 60 metres out. So um, you'd be worried about the athletic uh, prowess of the Stormers team and then the game open up. So it's probably not a, an attract, a popular thing to say, but I think it'll be a lot of kicking this weekend. Uh, it'll be a very tight game. Um, it'll be about good kick chase. It'll be about mauling close to the line and uh, making your tackles and hopefully making a little bit of ground the 10 channel as well. Absolutely. And it's interesting you're talking about the kicking game. We've got um, one of the, the most exciting um, talents in Ireland at fullback is out injured with a broken cheekbone. Um, mm. It's almost certain that he will not make it back in time um, for for this game. We have Stuart Moore who stepped in. Now, Stuart Moore is not primarily a, a fullback despite playing very well last week. Uh, he sort of had a mixed bag, I suppose it's fair to say, at fullback before. Um, and that's only natural for someone who is asked to play um, out of position. So that'll yeah. be that'll be really interesting to see how how Stuart Moore gets on if that's who. And presumably Ulster will go for a largely and similar, just, uh, similar team. To jump in on that one, that's something that the Stormers in the last game against Ulster was kicking high up and under straight off set piece on top of Mike Lowry. Mm. Uh, they got a turnover off him, and if they weren't getting a turnover, they were. They were destroying them in tackles. So yeah. uh, whether it's Mike Larry or Stuart Moore, they're going to go very hard after Stuart Moore this weekend, I think. So it'll yeah. be a, a big test for himself. Now he has a left boot, which offers a great advantage in terms of attack and he'll open up the, the backfield, but it's going to be a big test for him this weekend. Absolutely. And um, So AP, tell us what are the Stormers' biggest weaknesses so we can feed this information back to Dan McFarland before the game. <laughs> Where should Ulster exploit them? Oh no, you should definitely target Evan Roos. Just run everything at him. Uh, definitely Storm's <laughs> biggest weakness. Uh, no, um, no, I think that the lineout, as I've, as I've mentioned before, uh, I think the lineout's been been misfunctioning. They've they've had the rotation of personnel that have had injuries at hooker, so they've, they've struggled. Um, it's definitely an area that I think Edinburgh looked to, to target them uh, and got some reward late on in that game. And I think that's an area that Ulster should look to target this game. And then not, not maybe target a weakness so much, but I think that the breakdown battle is going to be incredibly important. Mm. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Dion Ferri, who's, who's probably the best fetcher, out-and-out fetcher in, in South African rugby at the moment. And last week, uh, the Stormers went 6-2 split on the bench so that they could bring in Nama Kaba, who's also a, a fetching type player. So, 
they'll probably look to target Ulster at the breakdown. So, you know, you've got to give as good as you get, really. I mean, Timoney's been been exceptional. And, and for Mullen, uh, if he's playing, uh, I've, I've heard rumours that he might be injured. But if he's playing, then, then you know, those two in tandem are going to really, really go for the Stormers' breakdowns. And, you know, a, a side like the Stormers that loves quick ball, if you can, if you can disrupt there, then you take away a key, key platform for them. Absolutely. In terms of key players, um, so we're going to have a wee look at both teams. I suppose not everyone listening to this will uh, know the Stormers all that well. Who should we be looking out for in the Stormers? Maybe um, slightly less well-known names, but really important uh, players for the, for the Stormers. Well, I think you've you got to sort of look at their front row. So obviously, you know, Stephen Kutsoff and, and Francois Haraba are, are pretty well known. But, but then obviously, even on the, on the bench, they'll, they'll have uh, Niethan Kushia, who's a very, very good scrummager and a very good tight head replacement. So their, their scrum will be, will be solid and it's perhaps an area where they feel they can exert dominance. Um, so keeping an eye on, on just that, I suppose, area of the game. But then if we want to talk more, more about individuals, um, yeah, as I said, I think Dion, Dion Ferry is a guy to keep an eye on. He's been a revelation. It's, it's ironic. The last time he played in a knockout game, obviously before last weekend, was I think back in 20, 2012 or 2014 when he was playing for the Stormers at Hooker. So it's, it's strange to see him almost a decade later coming back and, and doing the job now, now, at, uh, now at Flanker. So he's one to keep an eye on, and then lastly in the back line, I'd say uh, I'd say well, it's difficult to, to pick between the two wingers, but but Leland Zass um, on the left wing is is an unbelievable talent. Uh, he's had a bit of a rocky rugby journey, but he's really come good in the last season, uh, and he's top top try scorer in the URC. He's a he's a sublime finisher, but just his his strength and contact, his, uh, his sort of his vision, and and even his competing in the air is is really really good. So he he's another one I'd I'd say probably to to keep an eye on. Um, Evan, in terms of Ulster's team, then um, is there any one player, maybe one or two players that could prove to be decisive? We mentioned Stuart Moore, so that's probably a given. But is there anyone else um, within that Ulster team that um, this uh, I suppose will be particularly important uh, for this game? Um, well, there's a lot of areas. I, I I think the scrum will be very important, and getting parity there, um, and for the Ulster team, I suppose not looking to be too aggressive, just looking to be tight in their scrummaging to keep uh 16 uh feet on the ground. Um, there, as I say, you've got Springbrook front rowers there, and Kitchoff and Malherb, and Malherb especially, he can. He's a very canny scrummager and uh, very tough customer to deal with. And that'll be a huge test and something the Stormers later in the game against the last game against Ulster was as they brought on their bench, um, front row really started to exert uh, pressure there and get penalties. And um, I think it's, it's a cliche, but you've got to win that battle up front or at least get parity. And we've talked a lot about the backs, but uh, especially in South Africa, the, the pressure those forwards exert and, even the athleticism of someone like Evan Roos, um, they're going to be, uh, uh, they're going to have, a, I suppose, their hands full there. But in terms of players, I suppose that um, that would be most important. Um, I'd say John Cooney at nine, uh, his ability to choose when to run and when to kick and not to overrun against the blitz defense that the Stormers have and uh, give his chasers a chance is going to be very important because, as I say, I think there is going to be a lot of kick in this game. And uh, the defence run by the Stormers coach there, Norman uh, Laker, it's 
it's it's a really excellently run defense. They go very hard to break down. They push very high up on the edge, and it's it's like a Springbok light defense. And um, so, I'd say just choosing to having making sure that John Cooney picks the right time to run or to pass or to to kick, uh, it's going to be vital. Um, he's going to be the pretty much the person who steers the team this weekend. You know, so yeah. uh, I'd say yeah. Other than uh, Stuart Moore, that uh, Cooney would be the main man. As he often is, and um, yeah, Cooney's Cooney will be decisive, as you say. The tight five, that front five uh, unit, Froster, um, and Furness, they've done well, but it's it's yeah. it's it's slightly second string. We never, I would say, we never would have expected an Ulster to see Andy Work starting all of her biggest games this season, and that's that's not anything against Andy Work. It's actually testament to how much he's developed and come on. Yeah. So um, Malherba and and Kitchoff, um against uh, you've got O'Toole because Marty Moore, as far as I know, is still out. Uh, he may he be. Is, yeah. uh, yeah. I, I think it was a, a concussion issue, and um, so you've got this this front row: Rob Herring, very solid player, Ireland um, international quality, huge fan of Rob Herring. But you look at those front rows, and there's a, a bit of a disparity in terms of international experience. Um, mm. uh, and also, we can't discount the fact that Ulster have travelled. They'll be tired. It'll be, uh, for whatever reason, I suppose players just look a bit more punctured when playing in South Africa. It might just be better, warmer conditions as well. And we don't have maybe the depth that we would like in the in the front five in particular to bring on through the bomb squad that we we would want to. Um, yeah. And, and so that could prove decisive. One thing I'd, I'd sort of add to that discussion is Ulster's tendency in the last 20 to shut down. So even if we, we have a lead, there's always a sense in the last 20 minutes that we might throw it away or do something stupid and we need to iron that out of the game because that has proved um, to be our, our downfall in, in a number of games this season. So... Um, I don't. I think with a lot of Ulster fans have uh, nearly developed heart problems or had heart attacks as a result of having to um, cling on to the dying moments of a few games. And uh, let's hope uh, let's let's hope it doesn't come to that for the right reasons. So finally, or almost finally, this is sometimes a slightly ridiculous thing to ask you to do. But what do you predict? scores to be or maybe what just the deficit so you've alluded there uh ap to a potential ulster win um if you were to give a, a rough estimate of of your predicted score and i'll not rub it in your face if you're wrong both of you um but um what do you think <laughs> uh tricky 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 i'll i'll definitely go for a deficit as as opposed to trying to predict the score because <laughs> yeah. whenever you try and predict yeah. the score it's you're always miles miles out so I think probably Ulster somewhere in the region of four to six points. If I yeah, that, that's what, that, that's my prediction. Delighted, delighted with that, AP. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Evan. What do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll go just a little bit tighter. Just to, I'd say uh, three, three or less. The Ulster, a very tight one. Great. Excellent again, Evan. Delighted. So. I think it's going to be a clean sweep. I have to say Ulster. Uh, <laughs> <to> new, <laughs> uh, I think Ulster will, will it'll be very tight again. I mean, we're talking a very small deficit. And um, I think it is, it's largely as a result of, of, of the back line that we have. And I think um, that they're, they're, they're very hard to cope with. So 
Um, finally, I just want to get your thoughts on the, the other semi-final, Leinster Vodacom Bulls. Um, what do we think of that game? Is that going to be Leinster seem, um, I suppose, odds-on favourites for this one? But um, what do you what do you think about that game? What way is that going to go? Um, AP, we'll start with you. Well, Jake White's coached against Leinster three times in his career, so twice at Montpellier and then once this season. The first game he lost by 50, then the next one he lost by 40, and then the most recent one he lost by 30. So following that trend, a 20-point loss for the Bulls this weekend would be very on brand. <laughs> I'm being obviously a bit facetious, but I, I do think that Leinster have way too much class. I think that the Bulls on a pretty tight turnaround, obviously only, only having the, 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 the six days. Um, that's going to be tough. So I think it's the odds are stacked against the Bulls at the moment. But having said that, I, I almost think that because there's so little expectation on them, that will probably free them up to play to play the type of rugby that they want to play. They actually have been, you know, very unlike the Bulls of old. Under Jake White, they're playing a lot more freely, uh, sort of expressing themselves. We we saw in in the quarterfinal against the Sharks, uh, Chris Smith trying a cross kick from his own 22. Uh, which, you know, in, in the old days, when Kane Kamea would have had an aneurysm if, if someone tried to do that. So uh, I think that, you know, the, the Bulls will go out there. They'll know that the weight of expectation is, is sort of not on them and they'll just go out there and express themselves and, and, and I think go for Leinster. So yeah. I don't expect them to win. I don't think anybody expects them to win. Um, but I do expect it to be certainly a lot closer and not a blowout like, like the last game. I think maybe, maybe Leinster by 10, 15 points. Um, I think that would be a good result uh, overall. Yeah, I would like to see a competitive game. I have to say, I thought Leinster were unbeatable and then La Rochelle went and did it. And uh, so, Evan, how confident are you that your home province will overcome the Bulls? Uh, yeah, no, I, I heard the Bulls got over there on Monday in Dublin, so they got over quite early. So maybe travel mightn't be as much a factor, but... Um, you just can't help being impressed with Leicester at the moment. Thought they would have had a hangover last week after their uh, Champions Cup final loss and ended up on a URC record win uh, in over Glasgow. And um, haven't named Sexton at 10. I haven't named James Ryan in uh, tie head lock for this week. So um, that's just a lot of confidence, maybe a bit of overconfidence. Um, but it's hard to deny how well Leicester's been playing and not just this year, but over the last three or four years. And um, I said, Jake White is a very canny coach. And um, the Bulls, I think they won the the SA Rainbow Cup um, last year. And um, I think the the Bulls, the kind of a, a franchise associated with championship rugby and doing whatever it takes to win. And um, absolutely, they have the, the goods in the pack and... Again, that's our African style of rugby. It's not something that Irish rugby generally matches up well to. So if Ulster or if Leinster are going to win, they're going to have to front up physically first and then um, before the backs come into the game. But I, I would think Leinster by 15 or 20 points um, just on the back of all the work they've done over the last few years and the variety of different ways they can play. And um, they're pretty close to the full package as a team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 depth the depth at Leinster is unbelievable. Um, 
and uh, yeah I, I i have to say i agree i think it'll be a comfortable win for leinster so it's the the main event this weekend uh is is obviously uh, the ulster stormers game absolutely so, <laughs> i enjoy watching that and just it would be a shame to have have you on ap and and not ask you sort of what are your thoughts on the south african team's involvement in the urc and maybe just a, a couple of thoughts on the urc as a tournament like how has it gone this first season with the four south african teams do you think it's worked well i think to be honest with you it's exceeded every expectation i had for it and i had pretty high expectations i've been you know beating the drum of, of south africa aligning with with europe for a long time now, um, even before the Rainbow Cup in the URC, I was I was a big advocate for, for looking in that direction. So uh, perhaps you could say I'm biased from the start, <laughs> but I, I think it's been an unbelievable tournament. I've loved the you know the rivalry, particularly with the with the Irish sides, but also you know with with the Scottish sides. And um, you know South Africans teams didn't win a single game in Scotland, so it's been tough going. Uh, and I think the sides coming down to South Africa found it very tough going as well. So. It's been it's been competitive. It's been fierce. There's been good fan buy-in. Um, I mean, obviously, Welsh rugby is going through a pretty difficult time right now, top to bottom. So, we'll hope that in the coming seasons, that you know they they can come to the party as well because what they offer and, and their fan base is just equally passionate. So, but I, I mean, I've 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 absolutely loved the, the competition. I've loved that it's been you know stratified on on the on the longitudinal axis. So I, you know I've been able to catch pretty much every game which is which is brilliant um it's yeah for me it's just been it's been really fun and i think credit has to go to the organizers as well to think that i don't think there are many other leagues out there that had zero cancelled games despite yeah. the fact that they were playing through omicron and they were playing through covid and and you know it was just an unbelievable administrative burden and, and task so I, I think it's been an amazing amazing debut season for the league and and hopefully uh, it'll just go from strength to strength Absolutely, I have to say, um, I I I was looking forward to it, and then I saw the video package. I guess Jay Z's production company or something put it together, and I thought, right, I'm fully on board now. All it takes is some rap music over rugby highlights, and I was like, right, <laughs> fully fully on board with this. Um, Evan, has it been good having the South African teams join us? Yeah, the, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think at the start of the season, um, when Springboks weren't available, there was a little bit of media talk about maybe did the South African teams um, deserve their place um, in the competition, but I think they've more than proved uh, since that uh, they do. And uh, just, uh, as I say, just the level of competition and the different style of rugby. And um, it's been brilliant just even for the Irish teams to experience uh, just a, a different style of team to play against. And, you know, even without the Springboks, there's such a, a depth of quality in South African rugby. And there's so many good players there. And um, I think it's just added a huge amount to the competition. And um, as I've said, the P said, they're probably in bonus territory now, um, but that'll lift a mental burden off them as well. And I think that'll be something that'll be a great boost um, to uh, both the Bulls and the, the uh, Stormers this weekend. Um, but yeah, no, I think they've been a great addition and uh, yeah, couldn't be happier with them being in there. That's great, Evan. And um, that's all that uh, I was going to ask both of you. And I just want to say thank you very much for coming on. I think that was a fascinating insight into uh, the the game this weekend, both games, in fact. Um, but as I say, the main event, uh, Stormers against Ulster, uh, coming up on Saturday, there'll be content 
and put up on that on the Ulster Rugby Lad website, soon to be rebranded as the Red Hand. And we're going to be reviewing that game. And for AP, who's on, uh, he's active on Twitter, so uh, rugby underscore AP, and Evan um, is EK Rugby Analysis as well. So you can find all, all sorts of fascinating insights from these two on there. So um, thanks for listening, and thank you uh, both for, for joining me. And um, sure, we'll uh, reconvene at some stage to debrief <laughs> and uh, <laughs> see if those predictions were, were, were correct or not. So thanks again. Thanks, Peter. Thanks so much. It's great. Okay.